I know most of you guys you know I was in Crosby Youth for a while, so um, I'll just go ahead and jump right into the word. Um, thank you for having me, Kevin. So I just wanted to share a quick word with us about um, where our attention should be right now, especially times we know that um, all the craziness that's going on in the world and how important it is to have our footing in God, in Christ. And um, I would just like to start by reading uh, Matthew 6.33. And it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So just like starting at the basic, just going down to the degree, like this is what we're supposed to be doing first. This is how we start. So seeking the kingdom of God and what does that look like and mean to us, you know? Um, and for me, it was the shifting of the mind, like the importance for us to shift our mind from the things of the world to the things of God, where... We are no longer so worried, so concerned about the things that are in this world. Because it says we do not live by sight. So we walk by, you know, faith, you know, and being intentional in shifting our mind to heaven. So in shifting our mind, it was a, we have to talk about repentance then, being able to repent from the things that... Um, that we used to do the things the way that we used to think because repentance is just turning your mind turning your mind away from what you're currently being consumed by you're currently putting energy and attention to but now giving it to god now being more concerned about the things of heaven than the things of this world and um basically when we come to the point where we are wanting to seek the kingdom of god first we have to stop or neglect everything that we were doing that did not have God in mind. So anything that we were putting energy into that is not pleasing to God. And sometimes these things are not even necessarily like bad things. Maybe you were doing something that was not dedicated to God. You were doing something that you did not invite God into, or you're not doing for the glory of God. Those things also matter, you know, because we don't want to be wasting our energy and our time in things that God did not approve of or God did not give us to do. So just to draw our attention that we need to make a conscious decision that I am going to give my life to God. I am going to live for him. I am going to live by the word. So, um, and, you know, in the Bible, in Matthew, it also says that we need to turn away from our dead works. And huh, I was thinking about this and, I was realizing that our dead works is not just um, it's not just the things that we we consider as sinful things. You know, it's things that let, um, I'm going to go ahead and read um, Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three, and it says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven." but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? 
And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So here we, we see that things that are even considered good in our society it's not what makes God know you. Like, you see that these things are even dead works, like prophesying, like speaking in the... You think that somebody who is prophesying, somebody who is um, casting out demons in the name of the Lord will be known by God. You would think that that person would be a friend of God. But here, he's saying that the things that some of us do that are, quote-unquote, good, that are, you know, that we do in the church... It's not how he knows us. Because he says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so I was thinking, I was like, so how does God truly know us? So what makes God to know me? How do I know that God knows me? And the one of the things that he called that person was somebody who practiced lawlessness. So, and I know that right now, we're, we no longer live under the law. You know, we live under... We, we live under, basically, when Christ came and died for us, we entered into a new phase where now we're living through Christ. We're living by the grace that he has allowed us to have. And so it drew my attention to the word um, and seeing that living with Christ, walking with Christ, you are living under a certain um, government, to say. You're living under a certain set of rules, to say. There are things that he has set in place because he said he did not come to abolish the laws. He came to confirm them. He came to show us basically how to live that way. And um, and I was just thinking about how to live in this way where I am not considered a lawless person because... I want to be known by God, and I believe we all want to be known by God. So it just also drew my attention to the word, the word of God, and how we have to start by, and once again, we're just basically dealing with the basics. So first, we have to turn. We have to turn our minds. We have to repent, shift our attention from the word, I mean, from the world to God, to heavenly things, to set our mind on things above, and then... We have to make sure that we're not people who practice lawlessness. And lawlessness is not just in the world, as we see in Matthew. It is even in the church, you know, doing things that are not in the nature of God, doing things that are still in the power of the spirit, but not in the nature of the spirit. And I was wondering, like, what would make a person a lawless person? And... The government of the spirit is something that was very emphasized to me, that it is important for us to also be aware that we are supposed to be living in the nature of the spirit. How is God like? You know, we call him the Holy Spirit, and we all know that's not his name. But because of the type of nature he is, we call him the Holy Spirit. He's a holy being. Therefore, we have to carry holiness in us we have to be a creature of holiness when we accept god and we walk into that presence um in romans 12 you know he says that our romans 12 1 to romans 12 verse 1 to 2 if you guys want to open 
to there. It says that, um, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable sacrifice. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here again, we're seeing that it's not just that we do things that please God, it's that we become something that please God. Our nature in itself is supposed to please God. And he says that, you know, like once again, like he says, it's your reasonable sacrifice. So like, this is like, if you're not going to do anything at all, this is what you should do that you should present your bodies a living sacrifice. And a sacrifice is something that you give up, something that you want, but because of something or someone else, you give up that thing in order to please that person or in order to help that person. So if we're giving up our bodies as a living sacrifice, it means that the things that we desire, the things that we want to do, we do not do them for the sake of Christ, for the sake of God, we do not do that. And I've seen that it gets easier as we go, as we walk, it gets easier because like he says, your mind is being renewed, you're being changed. So even the things that you used to want to do, you will no longer want to do them after some time. But you have to allow the spirit to take you through that process of chastening. Allow the spirit to take you through that process of ripping things out from you. and. It's, you know, it's, it's a painful process, but it's a process that is worth it. You know, it's not a sacrifice if it's something that you can easily give up. It's not a sacrifice if it's something that you don't care about, you know, like in our day and age and as a youth, everything goes for our generation, basically. Like you can't tell anybody anything about how to conduct themselves because People will say you're judging or people will say, you know, you're being, you're acting like you know it all. But the Bible gives us, as children of God, the Bible gives us certain standards that we have to uphold. It tells us things that we can and cannot do. And if we refuse to do that, then we cannot say that we are children of God. Yes, we may be still prophesying. We may be still casting out demons. We may be still healing. But he's going to say, get away from me. I don't know you. You practice lawlessness. Because you're not living in the nature of the spirit. You know, we can operate in the power of the spirit without having the nature. Because Jesus, when he ascended, he gave gifts unto man. And when he gives, he does not take back. You know, we will still have the gifts that he gave us. He will still, we will still be able to practice those things. But... We will be practicing it still in our lawlessness, you know? So it says that we need to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. And let's be very practical about this. Let's be very simple about this. Um, in our daily lives, you know, we know that there's a certain atmosphere, there's a certain environment that the Spirit of God likes to dwell in. And that atmosphere or environment does not allow for certain talk we cannot speak however we want. We cannot say certain words however we want. Um, you know, like, even in the world, certain words are seen as negative. So it doesn't make sense for a child of God 
to be making the same utterances that the world makes. You know, it's not a standard that he has set for us. Um, our bodies, our bodies are a living sacrifice. We always say that our body is a temple of God. There's a certain way that the temple of God is adorned. There's a certain way that the temple of God is treasured. We can't go to a church. We don't stand in the sanctuary and we can't even eat in the sanctuary, you know, and that's the building. We can't, you can't be running around. If a kid is running around the sanctuary, you know, they'll tell you like, you know, you need to take your kid to the back. This is the sanctuary. There's a, there's a sense of respect and honor for the sanctuary, the building of God. How much more your body? Where it says your body is where God dwells. Your body is where the spirit of God dwells. So there's a certain way that we should adorn ourselves. We cannot dress like the world. We cannot drink like the world. We cannot eat like the world. We cannot do certain things that the world is doing as children of God and think that it's okay because it's not. We have to allow ourselves. And I know it's like hard to digest because, um, you know, we're used to a certain way and God deals with everybody on a different path. God deals with everybody in a different way. But there are certain standards that we must uphold as children of God. You know, in the word, it gives us what we must do, what we can do and what we cannot do. So we cannot say God, you know, is a gracious God. So we can just live however way we want. You know, it's important for us to chasten ourselves, allow the spirit to bring something new out of you. Allow the spirit to make you into a new person. Because you see that you, even you yourself, you begin to not even recognize yourself because you'd be like, wow, like look at the mighty hand of God. Like, <laughs> how am I this person? You know, how am I able to do that? Because it's not even in your strength. When the nature of the spirit takes over you, it allows you to come into a place where you are no longer a lawless person, where you are not living by the world. So it's very important for us to reject the things of the world. And we have to make that conscious decision because it's not something that you feel to do. Like, Because obviously there are things that, you know, because of how we have lived, that our flesh will want to gravitate towards but we have to make up our mind. It's a conscious decision. You ha you don't do it in emotion. You don't do it because one day you went to church and there was a powerful move of the spirit and everybody was crying and falling. No, you need to sit down, really process, really think about what you are saying, what you're professing, what you're claiming to be. And see if your life aligns with the word. See if your life aligns with what the spirit likes to dwell in because like he said you can do everything you can speak with eloquence you can you can cast out demons you can cause the dead to rise and he can still call you a lawless person and tell you to get away from him so that tells me that it's not about what we do necessarily it's about the nature that is in you it's about who you are and nobody can tell you who you are other than yourself and the spirit of God. So we just need to be honest with ourselves, you know, and the spirit of God, he examines us, you know, he examines us and he sees our heart. So you can't lie to the spirit of God. You know, you can't say, oh, 
I'm this way, but then live a certain way. It has to make sense. It has to click. There's no contradiction in God. There's no reason why I should sit here and speak the word of God. And then tomorrow you see me on the streets, busting it wide open, doing some foolish things. You're going to be like, what? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Our lifestyle and what we profess, what we say has to make sense with what the spirit of God is trying to live out in our lives. We have to give expression to the spirit. Because it says we shouldn't quench the spirit. And when we don't allow the spirit of God to move in our lives in a certain way, we're quenching him. We're denying him the rights to live out his life in us. We're denying him that right. And he has given us free will, but we shouldn't do that because we all know that we're supposed to be living for him. We're supposed to be made for him. So we should be careful about what inspires us, you know, like let our nature, allow your nature to be transformed into the nature of the spirit so that we're not walking aimlessly. It says we should run a good race, fight a good fight, worthy of a crown. And he says that if you look warm, he will spit you out. We really need to draw, there's a line. He has already drawn the line. But we need to come to a place where we recognize that line and make sure that we're standing on the right side of that line. Because, you know, everybody says that the end of the world is here, the end times is here. And I think we've heard it so many times that it's starting to lose meaning for us. We're not realizing that the end of the world is really coming. Like, it's, it's really here. The kingdom of God is at hand. We need to repent. We need to turn from ourselves and really embrace God. And he's so loving. He's so loving um, and so kind because um, when we read the prodigal son, we see when the younger son was returning back home and, you know, he had planned a long speech. He was going to tell his father. He was going to tell him, you know, I'm going to be a slave. I want to be a servant for you. You know, you, you don't have to treat me like your son. But the father was already standing on the, like the top of the house, looking, waiting for his son to come back. And he was already running towards his son with open arms, you know, and God is so gracious and he's so merciful towards us that he's already anticipating our return. He's so eager for us. He's so passionate for us. And he's opening his arms so wide to receive us into his heart. And all we have to do is turn and face him and he runs coming towards us and embraces us. So let us, let us, let us just turn our, our, our hearts to him let us turn our minds to him and um somebody said what chapters um we read from romans 12 from verse 1 to 2 and then in the beginning we were we read matthew 6 33 and matthew 7 21 to 23 um yes so we after we have turned we have turned from our sins we have repented we have repented we have turned our minds to god and we have made the conscious decision that god i'm going to live for you i'm going to be a living sacrifice meaning i'm not going to do the things i want to do i'm not going to say what i want to say i'm going to allow your spirit to correct me and change me even if it's contrary to what i am used to even if it's contrary to what my friends or people around me have seen me behave in, even if 
it's not something that I thought I was capable of. I am turning and I am allowing you free range over me. I am allowing you free expression over me. So after we have done that, then what next? So, and then we turn to the world. We turn to the word, sorry. So that our mind will continue to be transformed and renewed. We have to turn to the word of God. And when we're reading the word of God, let us really read it with belief, you know? Let us not read it like it's just a storybook. Let us read it and believe what it says. Believe what it says. When God says, I know your needs, he sincerely knows your needs. When God says that he will transform your mind, he will truly transform your mind. When God said, I will keep you, he will truly keep you. So let us, because that's how we build up our faith. You know, the more we read the word, the more we engage with the spirit of God, that's how he builds us up in faith. That's how he forms a foundation for us. Because like, if you don't have faith and you don't believe in the word of God, if anything comes, you're going to be pulled away. If anything happens, you're going to be dragged down because you don't even believe what the Bible is saying. You don't believe what God is saying. So why would you stand with him? It's just like, if I have a friend and I'm saying, oh, I want to go to the mall, but this friend is always flaking on me. Like he, they always pull out last minute when we have plans. Why would I believe that this person was going to come with me when I need them the most? Why would I believe it? So if you don't believe what God is saying, it's going to be harder for you to stand because you have no faith in him. You have no faith in him. So you don't believe that he's going to fight for you. You don't believe that he's already won a battle for you. You don't believe that he's coming to take you and allow you to rest in peace in his bosom. You don't believe it. If you don't believe it, then it won't become a reality for you. And it's all part of the transforming of our minds where we allow the spirit of God to become real to us, where he's not just something so far off in heaven, you know, and we always look up when we say heaven, you know, but he's inside of us, inside of us. Let's believe what the word of God says. Let's believe what the word is saying to us. And once we read the word, this is the known word, you know, when we read it. And sometimes you read something you don't understand. You know, you just ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. But don't be discouraged if you feel like you're not understanding a word. Because you have to know what is written before you can know what is not known. He is the one who reveals mysteries. He is the one who tells us the secrets. Even with the disciples, Jesus himself said that there are certain things that he couldn't tell the disciples because they weren't ready for it. So when he left, the spirit of God would come and then he would reveal to them all truths. So just start with the basic. Just get into the word, get into the word, get into the word. And then the spirit of God himself will reveal to you what you need to know for your walk the spirit of god will let you know the spirit of god will let you know so step one repent turn from your sinful ways turn from the world turn from your own desires and make a conscious decision to walk with god make that conscious decision step two once you have made that conscious decision, you turn from your dead works. Anything that you did you did that was outside the will of God, anything that we were doing that did not please God. Step three, 
the nature of God, come into the nature of God, so that we're not doing things where, where we think we're serving God, but we are not. So walk into the nature of God. Let our minds be transformed. Let our mind be transformed. And then you get into the word. And the word, the word will shape your lifestyle also. As it's changing, you will be shaping your lifestyle as well. So you know that you're, we're not supposed to be living a certain way like the world, you know. The world will change. The word will change our lifestyle. And it will bring us into the things that we do not know. Um, amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your presence. Spirit of God, we stand in agreement with you. We stand in agreement with the things that you want to do with us and in us. Father, we pray, oh Lord, that as we we turn our eyes to you, oh God, we turn our minds and our lives to you. Abba, Father, we pray, oh God, that you begin to cause a shift in us, oh God. Spirit of God, allow us to know you and to be known by you, O oh God. Let us not just be hearers of your word, but let us be doers of your word, O oh God. Father, we pray that anything in us that resists you, anything in us that resists the word of God, O oh Lord, that in your mercy and in your kindness, O oh God, that you, O oh Lord, will take it away, O oh God, and allow us to draw nearer to you, our Father. Father, we pray, O oh God, we give you glory and we give you adoration because we believe your word, O oh God. We believe that you have changed us. We believe that you have transformed us, O oh God. We believe that you have died and you have risen and brought, brought us into salvation, O oh God. We thank you and we bless your name, Abba Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise, O oh Lord. We pour out our lives to you as living sacrifices, O oh God. No longer we will do the things that we desire. No longer we will behave like the world. But, O oh God, we will live according to your standards. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And I would like to share one last verse um, to wrap it all up. In Ephesians 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore... Be imitators of God as dear children. So if we claim to be children of God, we have to be imitating him. We have to be copying him. We have to be doing as he does, thinking as he thinks, behaving as he behaves. Amen. Mm -hmm.